0: Welcome back to another episode of Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven. I am very excited to be here today with Joanne Renee. She is the cultural mastermind, and I would say culinary as well, behind Joanne Experience, which we will get into. She's joining us today from beautiful, I think sunny, right? East Haven. And, And we'll talk about New Haven. We'll talk about Joanne Experience and- what led you to believe that the culinary arts can be a cultural bridge. So, Joanne, first of all, just welcome to Arts Respond. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, I always love to get in the Wayback Machine with folks and talk about what led them to the place they are now, because sometimes I'll sit down with people during an interview and they'll say, you know, my childhood really isn't important to my story or um my professional background before i got here really isn't important and i just like don't believe that so let's let's hop in there you are a person who grew up uh for part of your childhood in Haiti and then migrated to new york and that is a huge part of your story and a huge part of the story that you bring to your to your work in arts and culture and i think of the culinary arts as like solidly within arts and culture. So I just mm-hmm. want to name that. Let's start there. Tell me about growing up in your family. And um, and also when we were off, Mike, you joked that you were sort of forced into cooking. <laughs> yes. So, so let's start there. I would love to hear about that.
1: So coming from Haiti as a young child and migrating to New York, Brooklyn, New York, to be more specific, um, I always was taught that schooling is important. Education is important. So I was pushed towards education, which is what most family want their children to have a formal education. But for a lot of Haitians who are migrated from Haiti, they always see their children in another field other than culinary. They see them as attorneys, doctors, nurses. So for me, I was pushed towards that um feel so um growing up my mom always knew that I should be in the nursing fields where she was for her she was a professor in Haiti and she came here went back to school and was in the nursing field so she always pushed me towards that but for me I went into it for a little bit but I just noticed right away that it wasn't for me I even tried the administrative side of things and said okay maybe I could do the administrative work in the hospital or in the health field that didn't work as well i did uh i did um respiratory therapy and i just found that that field wasn't for me so i kind of was pushed into um hospitality and tourism trying to find my way and growing up i never wanted to learn how to cook so my mom would always it was like a punishment for me you had to be in the kitchen especially on Saturdays you had to learn how to cook And she would express to me, by 12 years old in Haiti, children, you know, young um, girls know how to cook almost every dish in in the Haitian culture. And I'm like, I'm not into that. I just want to hang out with my friends, go to the library and just hang out and just do stuff. So it was very important for her. So later on, the more I thought of it and having family over... We always had Thanksgiving dinner and she would do this whole spread that I had to help. So I kind of fell into it, not knowing that this will be the avenue that I will be taking at this, this time.
0: And I know for some folks who grew up in immigrant families, um, that, you know, I think different generations do different things. And so there was a generation, maybe before your mom's generation of um, immigrant parents who I feel like really pushed for assimilation but it sounds like in your home in Brooklyn hopefully you were lucky to have like to have those culinary traditions and customs passed down because I know people who even even now like for instance um, may have immigrated from uh, from the Caribbean from South and Central America but then got here and were told we're only going to speak English at home because that's how we're going to assembly, or we're going to eat like um, American. And I'm putting that in scare quotes. because yeah, There's mm-hmm. no such thing as actual American food, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it sounds like your mother made sure that you had a, a really rich cultural background.
1: Oh, definitely. So I started learning how to cook by the age of eight forcefully And by the age of 15, I could honestly say I could do a decent meal. I'm definitely better at it right now. And then with my background, I learned how to incorporate not only Haitian cuisine, but incorporate Haitian cuisine with other cuisines and mix things around and just play around in the kitchen. For me, that's very therapeutic in a way where you could take something that you would typically make in Haiti but then do something that's Latin feel and combine them together.
0: I love that so you go into hospitality and this is this is a journey that began close to two decades ago at this point yeah and your work in hospitality has taken you sort of all across the northeast corridor and I would love to hear a little bit about that and And then also, you know, why? Why Connecticut? Some people don't like Connecticut. I think New Haven's great personally, but.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I so when I went to University of New Hampshire, there was a hospitality program and business that you can match. And there was a tourism um, with business that you can match. I chose to do the tourism hospitality where you can match the two together and did the five years instead of four years because i also knew this about myself that i didn't want to be um sort of like circled in into hotels and restaurant only i wanted to explore all across the field of hospitality and tourism which led me to understand how um cbbs in the different cities work and how they connect with the restaurants how they connect with hotels how tourism work in each city that I've been uh, um that I've worked at so that helped me to understand that and Connecticut for me was my getaway when I worked in Boston as well as New York so I knew that it was someplace that I liked the pace because I've been uh, at that point I've been in New, um, New Hampshire for a very long time with schooling So I like the pace of New Hampshire, but it was a little bit too slow. But I wanted to be someplace where it offered me both the balance of urban life and the slowness of New Hampshire without having to compromise. So I went to be in the middle of Connecticut, where it's not too far from New York, and it's not too far from Boston, where I could get that big city experience if I wanted to.
0: And I do feel like in Connecticut some people move to Connecticut and they think it's like an episode of the Gilmore girls and there is that city I mean when I moved to New Haven from Detroit I was like it's so small but it's also very culturally rich and very very diverse um more so than like the quiet corner of the state for instance and mm-hmm. is that is that something that has sort of kept you cuz it it sounds like you enjoy living here
1: I enjoy it so much, I think i when I, when I express this to friends, they think of Connecticut as this' oh my God, no one wants to go there, and then for me, moving here since last February, I didn't get a chance because I was going I was in a transition between New York and here now that I'm settled, I'm going out more, and I'm like, wait a second, I could be in a park where it feels like I'm totally outside of like I'm in New Hampshire or even Vermont, um, totally. And then within minutes, you're back into a city feel. So I think it's great for, for me personally, for someone who's looking for a city as well as a really quiet, low tone. You don't hear the sirens as much as, you know, New York or Boston or Detroit for you. You know, it's just peaceful.
0: And let's talk about the jump into deciding to be a a business owner and to run an enterprise because it's one thing to cook as a um, like self-calming mechanism or to show love. Um, In in my family, it it was always like, this is how I express that I love you, even if I'm not specifically saying the words, I love you. Mm -hmm. And then it's totally another thing to say, I'm going to take my craft and share it under also under my name, like not under the name of a a company or institution that I'm working for, but I am presenting this, like I am presenting myself to you through my craft. So let's talk about that leap because you have worked, so most recently you were with the National League of Cities, um, also New York City and Company, um, sort of all over, again, all over the Northeastern corridor, And then you, you decide to found this business that is really sharing Haitian culture through cuisine and, and talking about um, culture through food and how, and how culture can be a bridge. So I'm really excited to hear about that jump because it is, it is a leap of faith. Every time I talk to a business owner, I'm so impressed by the leap of faith that they've chosen to take.
1: Yes. So definitely. So. Coming out of University of New Hampshire and going into about living in Boston, my first job was with the Four Seasons, and it was with a management training program within four seasons. So you had the opportunity to kind of jump all around different departments and see how they worked for a couple weeks. And I was always fascinated by the kitchen, how, that, how they were able to run the food line out And they had a certain number of minutes, timing for different things. So I was always infatuated by that. um, Because at this point, I had already started loving cooking, even though it was forced upon me. And then my next position was with Hotel Commonwealth, where I was in the sales department, but I also had to sell the restaurant that's within that property. So for me, I knew for a very long time now, I wanted to own a full-blown restaurant. But with a full-blown restaurant, I also understood the challenges. So with Joanne' experience during the pandemic, I was home. So I had the opportunity to cook my meals and use it as my therapeutic um, safe haven to get away. And I said, if the world could operate without going into an office, what can I do coming out of the pandemic that I could still use my passion instead of opening a full blown restaurant that requires a lot, I could do pop up events that emphasis on um, bring that emphasis of Haiti culture, which is not only Haitian culture because if you look at the Haitian cuisine, it incorporates a lot of other cuisine, which such as Latin, African, um, combined together. So I said bringing that and having it travel to give people an opportunity to learn about not only about the cuisine, but the culture, the entertainment aspect. So that was my vision and still is my vision for Joanne experience. And since then, I've created drinks, which is unique drinks, it's called, and it has three flavors and it's tropical. And it also reflect my personality and also combining with that cuisine. And then my cuisine for um, the pop-ups is not necessarily the full-blown Haitian dish that you find. It's more like tapas, more, um, they call it free time, but it's more what you call your empanadas. So you have your Haitian patties, You have your goat, Um shrimp, and so forth, but it's not cooked in a traditional Haitian style, it was, it's more healthier the way we cook it. It's not everything's on beef. When you look at free in Haiti, it's more all fried food, whereas the way I'm doing it is more um, health conscious for people and combining the drinks make it extremely special for people to have and still be able to offer them What Haiti has
0: to offer at this time. Sorry, I was on mute for a second there. I I do want to talk to that about that too because I'm so curious about the discussions with folks that this has sparked. I feel like one thing that I really bristle up against as someone who is sometimes in the classroom and covering public education is like we don't teach people about the rest of the world. We really don't do that good of a job teaching the history of this country, and how it came to be. And Haiti, for for some beautiful reasons, and for some reasons that have to do with colonialism and a real history of pain and trauma and ugliness, have um, has a, a, like it is such a mix of cultures. There is. Um, African, there's French, there's West Indian, um, and also, as you mentioned, like Latin and Latin American. I'm wondering about the discussions that you've been able to have over food that maybe wouldn't happen otherwise.
1: Yeah, so definitely. I have friends all across the board. Um, when you're in the hospitality world, you travel, when you meet people from different um, countries different places within the United States for me when I have those discussions I just wanted to be positive I share positive things and just try to remind people of great things about Haiti because when you look at it in the social media or on the news channels all you see is the negativity almost and even when you google things about Haiti, the first thing is the pictures of the, you know, the poverty and the distress in the country. And we do have that, but we also have a rich history and culture that people don't know about. That's why it's important for me to have a business that that has that, that emphasis on Haiti and the great things about Haiti. So the conversations that I have is reminding people Haiti's not just a third world country, as they say, but also remind them culturally of the Louisiana Purchase and talking to them about um, the west of Mississippi, um, New, uh, New Orleans, you know, how they bring the French aspect to it. For me, I was pleasantly surprised when I went to New Orleans for the first time, walking within communities, hearing people speak Creole. That's not necessarily the same Creole as Haiti, but I was able to understand them and speaking to them in my Creole and they sort of understood certain words and picked up what I was saying. So for me, I was very fascinated and knew that there was a need to have a business that bring that out, that Haiti's not just a third world country that don't have anything to offer. They have offered and they have a lot more to offer other than what you're seeing on tv so food drinks are a good way to bring people together and show them and have those conversations that way they just don't take what they're seeing on tv or what they're hearing that's negative about Haiti there's more to Haiti than just what you see
0: yeah that so resonates with me also um you know I often when i cover folks at, in in different like places or or events in their lives they often say you know they feel like the mainstream media and i'm a member of of the media the media large, <laughs> right um but but they feel like the mainstream media is obsessed with like trauma 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 and maybe because that's what they feel like it's clicks i don't know and I was talking to someone at the Greater New Haven Caribbean Festival, which happens um, most years in June. Now it's on the green. It used to be in Goff Street Park. And she is Haitian-American. And she was there with her mom and her kids. And she was saying the same thing, that often when she tells people that she spent her childhood in Haiti, the first thing they say is, oh, the earthquake or oh, the poverty. And she says, like, let me have you to my home and, and like, let me cook for you. Let me tell you about my childhood and exactly. how beautiful it was. And let me tell you about why I bring my family back and they see extended family. And, um, this is not just, uh, something for you to like ogle at in the news and feel like it's a sad story far away.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's how I feel. I feel like I have a responsibility Yes, not only to myself, but to my family, to all my mentors, friends who have installed in me what it means to be an Afro-Caribbean woman from Haiti and not just sit back and just let people think what they, you know, because most likely the people who have negative views of Haiti have never been to Haiti, don't know anything about Haitian culture. Have never tried the food because they just under the impression that it's just Haiti just bad. So I want to definitely change that mindset um as I do different pop-ups and just change the narrative that Haiti's just a bad place. And then if I think if everyone saw it that way and did a little bit of something, then we'll start to, you know, move in the right direction to change people's frame of mind about Haiti.
0: I want to, just before we go on, remind people that if you're just joining us or if you've been with us here, it is WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. This is Arts Respond. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and today I'm here with Joanne C. Renee. She is the visionary behind Joanne Experience and we're talking about using the culinary arts as a bridge. And I want to get into the food itself. So we started talking about the food and then I rudely like interrupted and went on a tangent. But let's let's get into the food because the culinary arts, when I have to fight people on why the culinary arts are part of arts and culture, I just get very annoyed. But um, clearly if you're in this, you don't need to be convinced. And so let's... Let's talk about the food and the, you know, there are several different platters that you offer people and each of them has a story. So let's get into those stories.
1: Sure. So for me, um, as I mentioned, I based in Joanne experience on free tie, which is very popular in Haiti and free tie is food you normally will have normally they fry it. So there are some aspects of it that will be fried, which is the fried plantains and um, what you call marinade. It's like the um, pastry dough that you make is sort of like a dumpling, but it's fried. That will be fried, but the meat doesn't necessarily have to be fried. So that's my commitment to giving back um, where you could still experience free time but not have everything be fried because it, you know, there's a lot of unhealthy things that goes along with frying everything that you're eating. But I want people to feel that they could enjoy a free tie, you know, more often than not, because it's a, a little bit more healthier than frying everything. So the meats won't be fried. The shrimp won't be fried. It will be done in a way that you feel like you're having a fried food, but it's not fried.
0: sorry I muted myself again Yeah, (laughs) that's okay Um, and let's also talk about the the desserts and then also the the drinks because you brought up the drinks and you know even though it's I was gonna say it's it's five o'clock somewhere right
1: yeah (laughs) being in the hospitality world this is five o'clock every day all day long right for some people um so we do definitely have on the menu cremas, and cremas is milk-based, and it does have alcohol in it. It's more like your Irish cream, but a Haitian version to it. And then with unique treats, um, there's three different flavors that I came out with. So there's lemon twist, there's passion ice, and there's pine grape, and they are all natural with natural herbs that goes into it. Um, that are good for your digestive system. And they come when alcoholic as well as non-alcoholic. So for me, I decided to do it a non-alcoholic version of it because someone at an event told me that they love the drinks and, but their significant other do not drink alcohol. They don't, so it would be nice to enjoy it with them. So I had enough people tell me that so that I went back to create a non-alcoholic version of the three drinks.
0: And I love that. And then also the the desserts. I'm looking at your menu and getting hungry. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the desserts are awesome. It's just your traditional dessert that you will have. So for me, I wanted to not have too much on there um, for dessert, but wanted to bring a sense of um, Haiti back to everyone. So, is do my course is like a, what you would call like a fudge fudge brownie um, sweetness to it. So you will have. Um, I know people don't refer to pate as a dessert, but you know I plan to add fruit base and within those pates to make them a dessert. I have um, um, coconut treats as well in as um, part of the menu. So just looking to give everyone a little sense of Haiti that they could share and not have too much. Um, also, as I mentioned, i trying to stay away from a full-blown restaurant until I get joint experience really... A great thing for everyone to know about and enjoy, and I want to make sure I deliver what I'm saying and not go t- too much, but offering just enough for people to get to know Haiti through food and drinks
0: And have you found you know as as you've built this, do you still derive a lot of joy from cooking? because I like I've talked to some chefs who then go home and like they don't cook anymore.
1: I definitely go home and cook. And for me, as I mentioned, I mix Haitian flares with other culture flares. And I mix, you know, um, I may have Haitian black rice, which is Julia John John, for most people who know it. But then do my pasta instead of macaroni and cheese, Haitian style, make it Italian style, where it's a combination of everything else. And not just Haitian, so I still do enjoy being in
0: the kitchen. I love that. So I also want to ask, like, you know, what are your wildest dreams for Joanne Experience, and also, how can people link up with you and find you? And I, I know that with pop-ups, I often hear from artists across media, so culinary artists, dance artists, visual artists, everything in between that um, in New Haven and and the greater New Haven area, sometimes space is their biggest, um, the biggest sort of hurdle that they run into.
1: Yeah, so for Joanne's experience, I'm working in the next couple months to really push out to do a couple more events throughout um, Connecticut area, specifically, especially in areas that don't have the Haitian restaurants to bring that experience to people um, in those areas and then um, sometime next year hopefully I'm working towards a goal of opening a small but boutique style where again is not a full-blown restaurant but something to incorporate some of the things that we talked about and definitely working with some vendors to get the drinks on shelves that I'm anticipating will be out sometime before Thanksgiving, just be right before the holiday for Christmas. And I've had the opportunity and been blessed to be able to work with Square, who's helping me with a lot of, you know, those rollouts. So that is what I would like, you know, for the next couple months, six months, and to have some place people know of Joanne Experience yeah, and who are looking to experience Haiti culture arts um entertainment bringing all those aspects together to bring people together
0: and right now has it mostly been I I know that we mentioned pop-ups and the possibility of pop-ups has it mostly also been word of mouth because I know some chefs start very very small so uh there's a venture that I'm forgetting the name but um worked with Collab New Haven earlier this year and last year, which is a really cool like food business incubator. And they only served like a tiny section of the Eritrean community in West Haven. And that's how they got their footing. And then they were just starting to think about pop-ups. And so for you, is is part of it like cooking for friends and being like, hey, spread, spread the word if you like what you're eating? And I'm sure people do spread the word.
1: Definitely. So definitely had a couple pop-ups at home in my place and going to friend's house, having a couple pop-ups with their friends, their colleagues. So those have been going really great and having tasting of the drinks and just going around to different um, supermarkets, other avenues of putting things on shelf for the drinks aspect of it. So definitely been doing everything and anything possible to make sure that people know of Joanne experience and know that we are here, you know, partake and working on the social media side and posting things on a weekly basis and letting people know what Joanne experience as well as unique drinks have to offer.
0: I love that. So one, thing i also ask artists and i consider culinary artists artists is you know this just words are hard (laughs) this show grew out of the fact that in covid artists were pivoting like artists have always had to pivot and adapt because (laughs) they are often not recognized for the work that they're doing or if they're recognized for the work that they're doing they have to fight for it to be compensated for and this choker out of the fact that artists were like sustaining us during COVID. You know, when when people say, Well, I don't know how I got through COVID, I want to say, Well, you read your way through and you Netflixed your way through and you ate your way through, and maybe you made that fancy sourdough starter and you learned how to bake bread. Maybe you learned how to make Haitian cuisine from your cool neighbor. Um, but for you, what like what is your form of self-care? How do you Make sure that you are um, reserving sort of enough, enough time for yourself or taking care of yourself so that you can then give back to your community.
1: Yes, so definitely being in the kitchen, as I mentioned to you, is still enjoyable for me because I play around with different things. I never know what's for dinner. You couldn't tell me to make you the same salad that I made the night before because I'm I'm just looking into my fridge to see what I could mix together, except for my menu for a joint experience, but everything else fun. So it's always been therapeutic for me to cook and having friends over. But one of the things that I like to do being that I'm here in Connecticut is just going into the parks, as I mentioned to you earlier, and just being lost, it feels like you just totally in the woods and you are not somewhere that's urban or hip, but you could get the best of both worlds. I like doing that type of thing. Just walking around the city is therapeutic. It it helps me to brainstorm in my new, new ideas and I get to explore and see what other people are doing, what other boutique style restaurants are doing. So for me, that's therapeutic. And then you know, you can't go wrong with a massage and facial here and there.
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And shout out if you have any small businesses that you like for, I don't know if you just do at home massages and facials or out in the community, but um, we love small businesses here on WNHH. So.
1: Yeah. So I mentioned one to you, I keep forgetting her name is the Market and Gallery is a really cute place downtown i try um another one is a peruvian place am i pronouncing for it peruvian um place is right down the street from the park by city hall
0: Um, oh yeah it's it's pretty new i know exactly what you mean i think it's called ikaru and it's on yes next to a hatter that i've never gone into but i've always been really curious about like how does this hat business sustain itself
1: Definitely. That's a really cool, cute little place that I really like to go to. Um, Definitely. I know it's not a small business, but Massage Envy is my to-go-to. And it's because it's in every city. There's a couple of them. So if you're ever traveling and you need a massage, you know, there's one or two in every place.
0: I'm big on massage. I think all women should get massages. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) It helps
0: yeah um and also you know how how can people find you if they're listening to this and they think, oh my god goodness i have to like i i want to know more about joanne experience and also i want to make sure that I don't miss like your your next pop up
1: yeah definitely so my website is joanne experience with an X. so it is j o a n n e x p e r i Dot com. so they could find me on there. They could also find me using that same name on Facebook as well as Instagram.
0: Well, I, those are those are my questions, Joanne. I want to thank you so much for joining me today on Arts Respond on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM, New Haven. It's been a joy to have you on on this beautiful sunny day uh if it happens to be raining on friday afternoon when (laughs) when this plays um we're pre-recording just so people don't think what are they talking about with the sun Uh, looking outside and and the weather's doing something different um because we know in connecticut the weather can change just on a dime but definitely i've loved having you on and i can't wait to see what's next for joanne experience
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Lucy. I know we've been talking off and on for the last couple of months. And thank you so much again for making this happen. And it was a pleasure to be on your show. And as I mentioned, we'll be in touch, I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) For everyone listening and taking the time to tap into Lucy's show. She's absolutely amazing and very (laughs) very very kind
0: very kind um and hopefully we will be gathering around a table of food soon it's the best way to gather
1: oh definitely i will definitely (laughs) invite you to the next one
0: awesome thank you so much
1: thank you